Hey there, Garden family. How's everybody doing tonight? Happy first Wednesday. You excited to be in the house tonight? Yeah, you know, we're excited to have you here, but there's probably some people you notice that are not here. And I want you to help me. Our pastors, Tom and Shelby, and the Fields family are taking a much-deserved vacation. They are in Hawaii, but I believe they're watching. So do me a favor. Repeat after me. Pastor Tom and Shelby. Tom and Shelby. We love and miss you guys. There you have it. Hey, if you've ever been to the garden before, you know we say together, you got it right. Together we're better, and tonight we're going to tap into that. We've got faith in this house. We've got strength in this house, and uh, we are tapping into it. I want you to strap in, buckle up, get ready to have your uh, socks rocked right off your feet as we hear an amazing word from Glenn Stephan. I'd like to welcome him to the platform. Glenn? Pastor, hope you're enjoying yourself. Hope you come back with a nice suntan. Wish we were with you. Yes, bring the sunshine back. How's everybody doing tonight? Bible says, let everything that have breath, praise the Lord. Let me hear you. Praise the Lord. Yes, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. He's so good. You know what's so wonderful about it is he just keeps getting gooder. Yes, just keeps getting gooder all the time. You know, when God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, he led them, they come to the Red Sea, and then the people begin to murmur and they begin to complain because the enemy was coming behind them. And so they begin to murmur, they begin to complain. And Moses begins to speak up and says, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. But God said, tell the people to go forward. In our life today, God is telling you and I, let's go forward we just can't camp out in one spot. There's many things in life that are trying to hold us back. But the Bible Word of God says that we are to press through everything that the enemy presents before us. Every one of us has troubles. Every one of us goes through trials. Every Something always is popping up in our life. They always want to tell us just to stand still and hope this thing passes or gets out. But God tells us today, go forward. There's no place to stop until we reach as a manifested son of God, we have grown up into Christ in all things. He meant exactly that. We are not just to get saved and sit down and just enjoy life and worship. And how, no matter how great it is, God called us to go forward and to grow and to develop. And then he gives us a mark that we're to grow to. He said that we might grow up into Christ in all things. To do that, we've got to continually be moved forward. So tonight, I'm going to do a whole lot of reading because I don't have a whole lot of time. But over in Romans, the eighth chapter, if you want to turn there with me. And I'm going to read from the 31st uh, down to the 
39th. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now, every one of you went through stuff. Every one of you have gone through some nasty stuff. You've suffered a lot of losses and a lot of different things. But you went through that stuff because you're evident you're here tonight. Amen? The Bible says we're more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us so that we can move forward and not just stand still. Let me read. What shall we say to these things? If God be for us, and that word be, really, it's what it really says, if God is for us, and he is, then who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, every one of us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for you and I. I don't know about you, but I love that. I love knowing that I got a God that's concerned enough about me that he intercedes for me before my heavenly Father. When I go stuff, go through stuff, I go through hard times. The Bible says I can call upon him and he presents my cause to my heavenly Father and I go through. All of my life, I've been saved almost 49 years now. I'm telling you, when I got saved, something dynamic happened in my life. I made a covenant with the Lord. I said, I, I said, God, I've never been good at anything in my life but one thing. Father, you saved me. I'm going to serve you all the days of my life. I made that covenant with Christ, you know, and I've, I've done my very, very best to maintain that. When I went through junk, when I went through garbage, when I, about six different times in my life, I was this far from death, but God delivered me out of every bit of it, and I can stand here tonight and say, if God be for me, then who can be against me? Everything that we go through is a strengthening and an encouraging to us to say, God brought me through this. Hey, this is going to be a, just a breeze. Why? Because God is for me. Who can be against me? You know, and when we honor our covenant that we made with our Heavenly Father, He doesn't say, I'm going to just going to, Lord, I'm going to serve you while the things are just good. And if it goes a little bit sour, I'm out of here. No, He said, we're going to serve Him. We present our bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him, which is only our reasonable service because God wants us to stick around long enough that we can begin to grow and to mature in the things of God. Too many people really don't know who they are in Christ. They've never had an experience with Christ, but they just go by believism. The Bible says we must first believe that he is, and that he's also a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. But we believe, but how many of them are diligently seeking him that we might receive a reward and experience with him? He placed his spirit within us that we might be more than conquerors. Then he goes on and says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? 
Shall tribulation or trouble? How many's been in trouble? The rest of you are lying. We've all been in trouble. But God's brought us through every, every one of them. It didn't pass away. You passed through it. Thank God now we're on the other side of, of the Red Sea. So tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword or war, as it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, say no. No, in all things, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. And then Paul says, for I am persuaded or fully convinced that neither death nor life nor angels, and that's talking about demons, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Now, it doesn't, when he says any other creature, the only one that saved you was when you gave your heart to Christ. You came to Christ because you gave your heart to him. The only creature that can take ourselves away from God is ourself. Nobody else can take it from us. We either surrender it or we give it up. We no longer are moving forward. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can you say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want to read over in 1 Peter, first chapter. I'm, I'm old-fashioned. I, I like to read out of my Bible. I don't, I'm not good on a cell phone. I'm illiterate. I don't know how to use a computer. I'm not in all of that stuff. I don't, I don't text. I don't email. I, I, I watch Facebook once in a while, you know, and, and I answer my telephone. And then my wife, every, about every day, day and a half, my wife says, give me your phone. And she goes in and cleans it all up for me. You know, if it breaks down, I got to take it in or she... You know, it comes and fixes it up for me. So when it comes to technology, man, even a microphone's strange to me. Really, and I'm what you call old school. But I ain't religious. I've just been born again. <laughs> yeah, I've just been born again 48 years ago. You know what? I am more excited today than I've ever been in my life. Why? Because I'm moving forward. I'm looking on to the prize that's been set before me, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. When we get our eyes off a of man and get our eyes on Christ with whom we have to do, His drawing begins to take place and it just keeps sucking you along. And when something goes haywire, He just keeps pulling you along. And something else goes wrong, but He just keeps pulling you on. That's why Paul says, I have not yet apprehended that for which I was apprehended of Christ but this one thing I do forgetting all that stuff that's behind because I've been through it I don't have to go there no more I'm pressing towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus we don't just miss a mark when we foul up we're missing the high calling of God 
God didn't call us with a low calling. He called us with a high calling that we might be successful in our walk with Him. That our life every day, wherever we go, whatever we do, we have the blessed Holy Ghost going along with us and moving and operating on the inside of us and saying, oh, be careful. Don't, uh, don't do that. No, 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 don't go there. No, 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 no. This is the way walk in it. Yeah. I'm so glad, you know, when Israel came out, God said he would send his angel before them to lead and guide them in the way. We, you and I today, the Holy Spirit is the angel of God who God has sent before us to say, this is the way, walk you in it. Why? Because he wants us to be successful in our walk with Christ. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. But we have exceedingly great and precious promises that by those promises we might be partakers of the divine nature of Jesus Christ. What are the promises of God? He promised us a new birth. He promised us an engrafted word that's able to save our soul. He gave unto us the blessed Holy Ghost. Even Jesus said, my Father sends unto you the, the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Ghost, that it will lead you and he will guide you into all truth of my word. Whoo, I'm going to fly away. We had such an awesome time today, didn't we, hon? My, 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 my. Don't, don't you just love it at nights? You know, sometimes God, he just speaks to you in the night seasons when you're all quiet and alone and you're sound asleep. And all of a sudden, man, you kind of wake up into a state of limbo. You know, when you ain't quite here and you ain't quite there. And then all of a sudden, the Lord starts talking to you, and he starts giving you scripture and scripture and scripture and scripture and scripture and more scripture and more scripture and more scripture. And my flesh is saying, God, I'm tired. I got to get some sleep. And he gives you more scripture, and he gives more scripture. And then the next night, the same thing. And then the next night, the same thing. And then you get up in the morning, and you'll have a wonderful, wonderful worship service. a spontaneous worship and a spontaneous praise because the Holy Ghost is moving. You, you, you have to tell people, come on, praise the Lord. Sometimes the Holy Ghost shows up and you can't help it. It becomes a spontaneous thing. Oh, the joy of the Lord is your strength and it also is our song. But He's leading us and He don't take us the easy way. He takes us sometimes through wildernesses where it's bone dry. He takes it sometimes through places that seem impossible. But he continually says to us, go forward. Keep going. Don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. The kingdom of heaven has suffers violence. Pastor Tom was talking about. And we have to take it by force. You know what? Christians today, we really need to get a fighting spirit within us. We need to get a fighting experience when the devil's messing up our families, set us whining and crying about it. Stand up and walk through your house and begin to condemn the evil one that's trying to raise havoc in your house. I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved us, gave himself for us. No weapon formed against us can prosper. You know, sometimes I always remember this one brother years ago when he came up to me one time in church where we were going at one time, and he, he said, well, Glenn, you know, it's... it's you know, it's a lot easier for you. You know, you you don't ever have any trials. And, and I thought, dear Lord, I have so many trials that I could cry and I could bellyache about 
When I was just a young baby in the Lord, when God saved me, I'll tell you, I didn't know nothing, but I knew one thing. Nobody had to tell me I'm saved. I came home from work that morning, and I called into bed, and I told, I nudged my wife. I said, honey, guess what? I got saved. And she said, yeah, right. <laughs> I wasn't, I, I didn't used to be a very nice man. Stuff that I'm so ashamed about even today. You know, I know that Jesus Christ has forgiven me. I'm so ashamed that I would allow the enemy to rule over my life like that. But my wife, she said for weeks, she just watched me. And you know what? She said after about three or four weeks, she said, dear Lord, man, he is different. I didn't change myself. I couldn't. I tried so hard. I used to stay in the taverns. 20, if, I, if it was 24 hours, I would stay there. I've had bartenders lead me out and push me out the door because they had to close at 2.30. I would get up in the morning at 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock, and where would I go? Right back down to the tavern. I did that for so long that I would even make covenants with myself. I was saying, not tonight. I'm going home, and I'm spending time with my wife and my children. I had two little bitty children at the time. But the harder I tried, the harder I tried, the worse I got. I said, I'm not going there tonight. And lo and behold, I would find myself right where I said I wasn't going to be because I was dominated and controlled by the evil one. And I couldn't break that. But when Jesus Christ came into my life, I want to tell you, y'all liars got the part to play in the lake of fire. And I'm not lying to you. When I got saved that morning all by myself, I knew instantly everything changed. I didn't know nothing about the gospel, but I knew a change had taken place in me. It was like a flip-flop turnaround, and I, everything before that looked good to me now looked evil, and everything that looked evil before now it looked good. And from that time on, thank God I had people, women. <laughs> I was a man's man, you know. And the first thing I do, I get hooked up in the church we were going to at the time. There was only one other guy that was, was supposed to be a Christian, but he just did his own thing. And, but the girls, thank God for women. Thank God they got soft and tender hearts, the majority of them. They would get together, and they would get so excited. I'd listen to them talking about the things of God. Man, and man I would just be so intrigued and listen. God, I just, I want to know, I want to know, I want to know. And I would get excited. And when I was on the job sometimes, somebody, I had a lady one time, I've told this story so many times, but it's true. This lady, I was cleaning her house, an older lady, and she walks up to me. She'd been eyeballing me for a long time and, in the right way. And then she walked over to me, and she looked me in the face, and she leaned over, and she said, are you a Mormon? <laughs> and I said, no. Are you a Jehovah Witness? No, I'm a Christian. And I would get a chance to, to minister to them, not knowing nothing, but I would just tell them anything that came to my mind. You know, I didn't know very much scripture. But even under the inspiration that I had at that time and the zeal that I had, it would literally captivate them. And she would stand there idly still with her eyes this big, with her mouth open, staring at me. And then I would go home and tell my wife, and she would say, That ain't scripture. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say that. But man, it was working for me. You know, the zeal of the Lord will do. 
the zeal of the Lord would accomplish a whole lot. <laughs> and you know what? It's never changed. It's never changed. There's been some of the darkest hours of my life. I'll tell you a story. It's, one time I fell into a, a state of depression because I was so zealous for the Lord. And the church we were going into, we had a wonderful pastor back then. Thank God for him. He taught us so much. But I would be, he'd always tell us, you know, just don't sit there after church. Get up and visit with people, you know. And so, man, I'd do that. I'd be at the back of the church, and I'd find somebody. Man, we get to talking about the Lord. And I turned around one time, and he's still standing up behind the pulpit. And I'm busy talking to these people. And here he is. He's doing this. And they would say things like, you know what, Glenn, you just need to shut up. You talk too much. I'm thinking to myself, that's what you told us to do. I've been called on the carpet at church because a brother turned me in to the pastor behind my back saying, all you do is preach. He preaches at me all the time, all the way to work and all the way home. I got him the job. He was starving to death. He'd ask me a question, so I'd tell him for half an hour, you know, all about what I knew. So he went to the pastor and tattled on me. He said, he never gives me a chance to speak. He just talks all the time. And, well, my pastor didn't. He, I get a phone call, so I go to his house. I think, gee, what's up? Man, I've been trying really hard, man. I wonder what's going on. And I get there and sit down, and that's what he tells me. You need to shut up. And I'm thinking, shut up? What? What I do? He says, he, says, he tells me the whole story. You know, you need to give that man a chance to talk. You talk, 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 talk all the time. And I would get so discouraged that I would go home and I, I'd say, you know, there's something within you that burns sometimes. Remember old Jeremiah? He said the word of God was so shut up in me. It was like a fire in my bones. I'd become so weary with holding back and holding in. It was just a consuming fire. And I'd say, I ain't talking to nobody no more. I'd come home and walk in the house and my wife said, what's going on? I ain't talking to nobody anymore. I'm not preaching to nobody. I'm just going to work out my own salvation with fear and with trembling. <laughs> and the next time I ran into somebody, I started doing the same old thing I always did. You know, and that continued on. I got to the place one time I got so depressed and so down. Man, I mean, I couldn't read my Bible. I couldn't pray. I was so discouraged I'm telling you, I was at the lowest state I'd ever been in my life. And I knew I had to be in the Word of God because if you don't eat, you starve to death. And I didn't want to starve to death. I remembered what God had done for me in times past. And I had to go through this thing. So I'm sitting in my recliner like I used to do. And I said, God, i got to get some reading done. So I picked my Bible up. I laid it in my lap and opened it up. You know, the Word of God's a living Word. I appreciate Pastor Tom I'm telling you, every Sunday, every Wednesday night, the same old, same old. Get in the Word of God until you get the Word in you. And, you know, I, I'm thinking when he said that, I think, well, this just it's kind of sometimes becomes just a cliche to people. So, but that's a neat saying. Get in the Word of God until it gets into you. But in reality, we need to get in the Word of God until it does get into us. So I opened up my Bible. And I'm trying to read, and I just, I couldn't. I was in Psalms, of 27th, I think it's the 27th chapter. And I was reading King David, and he came down to this one verse. And it said, when my mother and my father forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Now, that don't sound like much, 
But that so radically set me free at that time. I've never laughed in the spirit. You ever hear that? No, I've never done that. But I did that day when I... When that, when that scripture was quickened unto me, I began to laugh so hard. You know, those belly ones where your stomach hurts so bad and you're begging, oh, God, please stop. And it just gets worse and worse, laughing out of control, rolling on the floor. Both of my little kids were running around the house. Mama, what's the matter with Dad? What's the matter with Dad? What's the matter with Dad? Oh, he's just getting a word from the Lord, telling him to get up and keep on going. Quit looking back. Anything that comes against you, God will deliver you out of the snare of the fowler. We got to have a mindset. I gave my life to Jesus Christ 48 or 49 years ago. I gave it to I've never taken it back. Never taken it back. I kept my eye upon the prize that lies before me. There's a mark that I'm reaching for. Even as Abraham said, I have seen afar off a city whose builder and maker is God. And he kept his eye upon the promise of God. And he just kept on pressing on. You know you got to press. You know you got to shove. You got to fight. Paul said, let us fight the good fight of faith. Let us lay hold on eternal life. It doesn't take a big man. I know a lot of big men got big muscles, look really tough and everything else, and the devil just comes along and whoops them like nothing. Years and years, and years I'm going to tell my son. I hope, he, I hope he's not streaming. But true story, years ago, he got caught up in smoking cigarettes. And uh, one day him and his wife pulled in my, in my driveway, so we walked out to visit him. Well, my little granddaughter, while we're standing talking, he was hiding it, you know. My, my little granddaughter reaches over and pushes the button on the glove box. Out pops a package of Winston cigarettes. Oh, you ought to see the look on his face and on my daughter-in-law's face. It was really funny. And he said, Dad, I've been trying to quit, man. I got caught, I got caught up in this, man. And I just, I said, son, when you was 14 years old, when this big old boy started cussing and making obscene remarks towards your mother downtown, you ran across the street, 14 years old, was ready to whoop this dude. I said, you ain't afraid of nobody, son. You just, you, you, wanna, you fight at the drop of a hat. I said, but it's amazing to me how something that long can kick your hiney. That, it was the word of the Lord. He come back to me. <laughs> He comes back to me sometime later and he said, Dad, do you remember what you said to me about that cigarette just keeps kicking my high? I'm not preaching about habits tonight, but he got convicted over that. He said, Dad, I couldn't get that out of my mind. Every time I wanted to get a cigarette, he said, that word, you know, he's going to whip your hiney again, whip your hiney again. You know, and he said, man, I was determined. I ain't succumbing to this. I'm going forward. I'm going to get through this thing. And he beat the cigarette habit. My sister, Della, praise God, I am so thrilled. She just got saved, just shortly. 71 years of age. Now, if you knew, our li- if you knew my, my family's lifestyle and how we lived, you would have clapped 100 times louder than that. My parents kicked the girls out of the house by the time they were 16 years old, so they just married the first guy that come along. They taught every one of us how to smoke cigarettes. Everybody in my family smoked when they started at 12 and 13 years old. 
She has smoked Sig Camel cigarettes, non-filters, for 70 long years. She gets saved. Nobody preaches to her. Nobody's ministering to her. She's going to church. And I told her, I said, Della, man, was it tough over quitting cigarettes? She goes, I said, why'd you quit? And she went, well, I was going to church, she said, and every time I'd get out of church, I'd go out to the car and I'd light up my cigarette. And she said, one day I did that. I went out and lit up a cigarette. And she said, God, if you're a Christian. And here you're doing this in front of all of these people. She was so convicted because of the moving of the Holy Spirit, bringing conviction. She quit cold turkey. Now I love to go to her house because we always get to talk about the things of God. And she's so, and it's amazing me, the little bit of time that she has been saved, she dropped out of school in eighth grade. All about all my sisters did. But it amazes me, just a little short period of time that she has been saved, the knowledge that she has gained and the thing that she knows. You know, and her attitude is the same as mine was, I'm going through, I'm going through. I'll pay the price, whatever others do. I'll take the way with the Lord's despised few, but I'm going through, brother. I'm going through, and you're going through. You're more than conquerors through him that loved you and gave his life for you. If you've got the Spirit of God living and abiding and moving in you, there's nothing that you can't do. We can do all things through Christ. Because it's by the unction of his Holy Spirit that leads us not only out of Egypt like he did the children of Israel and make a way for them. He'll lead you and I out of every problem and every situation. He'll speak a word unto you. This is the way. Walk in this way. Go here. Go there. Don't do this. Don't do that. He'll take over your life. You say it's hard to be a Christian. It's hard to overcome. No, it's not hard to overcome. You just need to get this out of the way. And get this in here. How much time do I have left? Huh? Yeah. You, that, won't keep me, that won't keep me out of trouble. <laughs> I'm just going to make this short. But in the revelation, John's revelation of Jesus Christ, he says, talks about those who had went through great tribulation. And he said, and they have overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. How are you going to overcome? By the blood of Jesus Christ and the word of your testimony. That's why he tells us to put on the whole armor of God and in your right hand the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the only way we defeat every enemy that rises up before us. By the word of our testimony, the word that we have hidden in our heart, like David said, that I might not sin against you. Am I perfect? No, I'm like Paul. I haven't apprehended yet that which I was apprehended of Christ. But this one thing I do, forgetting all the other things, all the junk and the garbage that I went through, I've came too far to go back. I have not ever found nothing in life that is more enjoyable. Come to Brother John and me sometime. We have meetings. He calls me up. Hey, brother, you ready for a meeting? Yeah, I'll pick you up in five minutes. We go to Dairy Queen. And we sat there and we talk about the things of God. And he always says, oh, man, Brother Glenn, thank you. Man, I needed that. That, that was, I, was, I just felt so uplifted after that. And I'm saying, yeah, me too. 
I've been saying the same thing for 40-something years, but every time I begin to say it, it's all brand new again. It's like my wife, we're talking today, we're talking, sitting and talking about script. Thank God I don't have to work. We can sit in the house all day long, and we have fellowship. Today was wonderful. It was like heaven on earth. We just sit there and start talking about the things of God, and my wife gets him, and she goes, oh, man, I just love this. I just love this. Why? Because Pastor Tom said it is a living word. My word is spirit and it is truth. And it will change your life and my life from glory to glory, even as what? By the spirit of the Lord. We can't, I tell them this at one of the meetings I, I was at. Thing that I always, my pastor told me years ago, he said, Glenn, you can never lift, your whole, lift yourself out of a mud hole by yanking on your bootstraps. And, you know, that, that was a dumb saying to me, but I, you know, I never forgot. I always thought about that. I'd picture myself. Well, man, man that, that would be impossible. And it's impossible for you and I to change or pull ourselves out of a mud hole by our own bootstrap. But there's one man named Jesus Christ can lift you out of the dunghill and raise you up and make you set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's why I love him. That's why I, sometimes I break down and I cry. I cry. I cry in Dairy Queen. When the Spirit of the Lord begins to move, I'm telling you, people, oh, taste and see that God is good. If you have a hard time reading, it's because the enemy knows that if you once get in there, and that word comes a lot, you will be more, 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 more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. The enemy wants to keep you out of the word of God so you'll starve to death. He don't want the moving of the Holy Ghost in the church services. He don't want the, you getting acquainted with him because he knows you can't live without water. So the Bible says we're to drink of the Spirit and eat of the word of God. Eat of the word of God. Force yourself. Discipline yourself. Say, don't just pick up, Pastor Tom says, get one or two scriptures and meditate them. That's wonderful. Meditate on them. Think on them. But get in the, there's 66 books of the Bible. We do not have a whole lot of time to mess around with. You know why? Because it's quickly passing us by. Hour after hour after hour. The word of God says we are to redeem the time. You can't redeem what's already gone. But we can sure take advantage of the time that we have in front of us. Spend some time. Get in the Word of God till the pastor says, till the Word of God gets into you. You will find all of a sudden you start walking on a different level. When the enemy comes to discourage you, your scripture will come. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. I'm pressing. There ain't nothing in, the, in hell that's going to hold me back. All the promises of God are before me, and I'm reaching forth to that which is in front of me, and I'm being led by the Holy Spirit, the angel that God sends before his church, and he's leading us unto places we've never been before. He's given us experiences we've never had before. He's speaking and revealing words unto us in the word of God that we never really fully understood before and changed. Before you even know it, you didn't have to try to overcome something. All you did one day was recognize that you didn't do it anymore. It just seemed to vanish away. Why? Because it was replaced with a living word instead of a dead word. Replaced with a living word instead of a dead word. This message tonight, I mean, I want to, God, I want to encourage the people. 
God, I want the people to be strengthened. I want, I want to provoke them unto goodness. Lord, I want to provoke them unto good works. God, stir up their hearts within them. I'm not saying that you're all down, way down here. Some of you are. Some of you are a little higher level. There's every level in the body of Christ. We like to feed the babies milk. We like to feed the young men bread. But then there's the older the ones, the mature ones, and they have to have meat. So we just got to, sometimes we just got to give a mixture of it all. And you know, you just eat what you can handle. But the Word of God being preached every Sunday and every Wednesday and every Saturday night is a living Word. And if we will tune our ears and we will make a covenant with God, Lord, like David said, Oh, Lord God, how I love thy Word. Are not my tears in your book? Have you ever cried in your Bible? Begin to weep uncontrollably and the tears just run down your face. David said, I esteem your word even more than my necessary food. What would happen if we did that? We'd be like one of David's mighty men, mighty men of valor. Nothing, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I didn't get any of my scriptures. Praise the Lord. You wouldn't have liked that one. Isn't God good? Oh, he's better than that. Yes. Hallelujah. Pastor Tom says that all the time. Isn't God good? I sit back there and I say, oh, he's better than that. He's better than that. Never failed me yet. I've been thinking about that here recently, trying to figure out. And I have to tell my wife, I say, honey, God ain't never failed us through the thick and the thin, through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Bible says there are a people that have made a covenant with him by reason of sacrifice. And your life in serving Christ is sacrificial. You have to kill yourself every day, just like Apostle Paul said, I thank God that I'm dying daily. I'm dying daily. I'll take the road with the Lord's despised few. But I'm going through, brother. How about you? I'm not one of those who draw back into perdition. I'm one of those that believe to the saving of my soul. The Word of God says, if we, if we endure to the end, we should be what? If we endure unto the end, we shall be saved. Well, I'm saved. We are right now. But your salvation isn't secure unless you endure unto the end. When the Lord will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. Amen. I have to close probably over time. I'm sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Don't apologize for the word of God. Brother Mike. Give the Lord one more. Praise the Lord. So, so how about that? Yeah, give it up for Glenn. Hey, you might want to check your feet. Did that not rock your socks off? Yep. Truth right there. Hey, we, a couple of things before we go. We've got a lot coming. Uh, matter of fact, this weekend, it's a special service. we got Gather for Him's going to be here. So, yeah, exactly. They're going to bring it. Michelle Jarrett and Prevail are going to be leading worship. We're going to have uh, Bob Nash bring in the word. You won't want to miss that. Be sure to invite your friends, families, colleagues, people on the street, whoever it takes. Uh, if you're new to the garden, be sure to fill out a connection card. If you don't have the garden app, you can grab that. Uh, and let us know about your visit. We want to connect with you because together...
We're better. That's exactly right. If you drop it off in the all-in bins or if you take it to the information kiosk, we got a sweet gift for you. You can't beat that. You show up here, you get gifts, right? Yeah. You get the gift of the word, which we had tonight. want to tell you, too, when's the last time you've done something special for your sweetheart? If you had to think about that for a second, we got something special for you because it's been too long. On the 14th, it's Valentine's Day. It's 100 bucks a couple. We've got a special event happening here. It's called Love, Dine, Laugh. It's a benefit for our internship program. It's 100 bucks a couple. If you want a really good deal, buy a table of six. It's 250 bucks. If you do the math, I think that's something like 42-ish dollars, so not a bad deal. We got Ron Swamby and Swampies doing some catering for us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, last weekend, TJ said it was all-you-can-eat dessert, so I got to believe that's true. We've got some great entertainment happening. We've got photos. You're going to want to be here. That's the 14th. You can buy tickets at the information kiosk. And finally, if you have a need for prayer for anything at all, please join us at the screens following service right here. We want to connect with you, get in agreement with you. We know when two or more gather, God's right in the middle of the situation. And when God's in the middle of it, big things happen. Thanks for being here tonight. Have a blessed Wednesday. Be a blessing to others. Good evening.